This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, looking for the pylon, touchdown, Jonathan Taylor, a run of 23 yards to Pater. They'll walk it upfield, it's intercepted, picked off by the Colts, and it's Darius Leonard. Wentz throws upfield into the end zone, sack, Pascal, touchdown, touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. Hey everyone, I'm JJ Stankovitz and welcome into another edition of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I am joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks to break down the Colts 22-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas night. A big win for the Colts in the desert and a win that came with some unprecedented adversity for the Colts to overcome, Bill. Uh, a, A level that... I'm sure you played in games where there was some adversity in your career, but fortunately for you, you never played through a pandemic that uh, still is raging nearly three years into it. So, But I, I do want to ask you this, Bill, because it looked like as the game went on, the Colts were able to kind of settle in to some of the the next men up that they needed to have in this game. You know, the, the Colts being down on the offensive line, Quinton Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Glowinski, and then Eric Fisher – um, you know, Jack Doyle getting hurt early in the game on the second play on defense, Darius Leonard, Kari Willis, both testing, you know, going into COVID protocols like hours before kickoff. Um, it was a, it was a mess of guys needing to step in, but I want to ask you, Bill, in games where you've had, you know, some attrition like that, how, how does it impact you when you start to get a little bit of momentum, you know, EJ speed making a play here and there, um, you know, Matt Pryor getting a good block on a run play. How does that affect an entire team when those next men up start playing at a high level? Well, it gives you more confidence, definitely, knowing that those guys can make the plays that uh, they're called to make out there in the football field. And, you know, give the coaches a lot of credit as well as far as putting those guys in positions to make plays, knowing what they can and what they can't do or, or uh, you know, uh, making sure that they play to, with their, play to their strengths. So I, I think that's a, a big plus for the Colts, having coaches that can make sure that they put you in the right positions to make plays. And then when the guys are going out there making plays, it gives everyone confidence. It gives them confidence as well, that knowing that they can do the job, that they can uh, make the plays to help this team win. So, you know, give, give a lot of credit to the guys that stepped in, the next man up uh, mentality, um, all those players. I mean, like you talk about, Fisher, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, Reed got hurt at one time and came and came back in. And then those guys, Pryor, Davenport, Pinter, those guys just stepping in, doing the job. And, and not just that, like on defense as well, you know, EJ Speed had a good game, played very well uh, last night. So give those guys credit, but also give the coaches credit for putting those guys in positions to make plays, as well as Chris Ballard. <laughs> give yeah. those guys, as far as getting some depth, out there and so those guys can go and play and, and you know you don't ever want to see the situation happen where guys are out uh, for that reason or for any reason for injury or for uh, what's going on with this pandemic but when the guys are out guys can step in and make plays and you have confidence in those guys that they can do the job. Well I, I wrote this after the game Bill that this win was a showcase for the entire Colts organization how good of an organization this is from the top down because you look at the, the players who played 
significant impacts in this game. You know, on the offensive line, Chris Reed and Matt Pryor. Chris Reed, a guy who was brought in via free agency in the offseason. Matt Pryor was a, a cut-down day trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jaleel Adai stepping in at safety and playing in a pretty good game. He was brought in, you know, kind of off the, the so-called free agent scrap heap, um, you know, during the season. And he stepped in and played really well. So you got those guys from the pro scouting side. From the amateur scouting side, you got huge contributions from day three picks, whether it's Danny Pinter, Desmond Patman, Isaiah Rogers, um, you know, going down the list, just the, the EJ Speed, a fifth round pick, George Odom, an undrafted free agent, um, just so many key plays. You know, even Dio Odangbo, a guy who the Colts took in the second round this year, who played a, a really solid game against the Cardinals, had a big pressure, a Kyler Murray in there. You just got so many contributions from so many different players that it starts with the front office getting those guys in the building. And then it goes to the coaching staff, like you mentioned. I mean, every single coach was impacted by the, you know, COVID or injury-related attrition the Colts had to deal with in this game. Like Frank Reich said after after the game that, you know, Bubba Ventrone brought him his depth chart, and it was completely <laughs> different than the depth chart he usually sees for special teams. I mean, like EJ Speed played what I'm sure was a, a season low in special team snaps because he had to play every single snap on defense. And it's just the, the this affected every single coach, every single level of this organization had to pull together to get this win. And then it goes to the players, obviously, executing really well out there. You know, EJ Speed leading the team in tackles, George Odom getting eight in there, Desmond Patman catching his first career touchdown. Um, it, it was just an, an incredibly impressive performance for the entire organization and what a showcase for the team for the organization on christmas night in a primetime stage in a game where i think a lot of people figured this was too much for this team to overcome and they they not only overcame it they overcame it emphatically in winning this game yeah they played well the whole the whole game you know all three phases offense defense and special teams played well and i know you hear that uh, quite often but it was truly seen last night how these guys played well, coming together with a little adversity. And as they say, they did not flinch. Those guys just kept on playing, kept on pushing themselves. And as you said, it was individuals that, you know, second day draft picks, guys that were, they signed off the street, um, that's come in and, and played with them. But the coaches did a good job of getting these guys ready to play and, and, and making sure that they were prepared to play. And like you said, what, what I think the one of the people that's probably affected the most was a special teams coach because mm -hmm. those guys have to step up and play a lot of snaps on offense or defense and then it takes away from their time to play on special teams so Bubba had to make some uh, alterations to this lineup and and those guys that uh, were in there stepped up I'm sure they rotated guys in and out to keep them as fresh as possible so you know give credit to those guys and, and like you said give credit to the scouts as well of getting the guys and getting the information on those guys knowing that they would be a good fit for this team and this organization and those guys showed it last night and came out with a nice victory so let's talk about Carson Wentz's day um, you know he finishes 18 to 28 for 225 two touchdowns no picks 112.9 passer rating but the, the the biggest throw one of the biggest throws Carson Wentz has made this season came third and nine six minutes and 45 seconds left in the fourth quarter you know what we're talking about if you're listening to this the yes. touchdown to Desmond Patman this play, Bill, so Arizona rushes three. 
they they drop eight into coverage on third and nine, essentially saying, we're going to make you kick a field goal. But this play, Carson Wentz, he, uh, I think it probably would have been Friday. Friday or Saturday, Frank Reich said Carson came to him and Marcus Brady and said, hey, there's something little, you know, a little bit different uh, that we want Desmond Patman to do on the route when we get into this play call. And whatever that was, um, it worked because Patman, he kind of carries this safety to the back of the end zone, but then there's no help over the top or there's no help in front of the safety. So Patman is essentially running at the back of the end zone with no one near him except, you know, number 34, the, the Cardinals defensive back. Carson moving to his left. This is a tough throw. Moving to his left and then, you know, throwing with his right hand almost 30 yards in the air. He gets this ball to Patman. It was such a gutsy throw, such an accurate throw, and a great route by Patman, but just another example of the how the Colts are able to get Carson in the right positions, Carson making the right throws, and, you know, Frank Reich talked this week, Bill, about, you know, at some point Carson Wentz is going to have to step up and be the star of the game. Well, Carson Wentz was the star of the game for the Colts on offense today. Well, he did step up in the fourth quarter, definitely made some big plays, and on that drive itself, not just the the touchdown pass, which was a beautiful thing to see as far as Carson rolling to his left and uh, throwing the ball to, to Patman in the back of Enzo. But also with that, he had a guy bearing down on him in his face when he was getting ready to make that throw as he was going left and throwing back right. His body was exposed to that to the defender, Zach Allen, coming at him uh, from the Phoenix Cardinals, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, I'm sorry. And then uh, he made a nice throw and Patman made a nice catch. But on that drive, you know, Wentz hit Pittman for 20 yards, and then a little bit later he hit uh, T.Y. Hilton for a 39-yard play, which was a big play. And then after that, Carson made the nice pass to uh, Patman in the back of the end zone, and Patman did a nice job of running the route that he's supposed to run. Go to the back of the end zone. You want to give yourself at least two or three yards from the back of the end zone, so if the quarterback does throw you the ball and you have to jump up and make a catch, you have a couple yards to get your feet in bounds. But he did the right thing as Carson Wentz was moving to his left. Patman did the right thing as far as a receiver. You want to mirror your route to the quarterback when you're down in the red zone there, so he can so he can be in your vision as far as so you can see the quarterback and the quarterback can see you, so you guys can see each other. And Wentz picked up Patman at the back of the end zone, threw the ball, and took the hit, and Patman made a nice catch. So beautiful play. Wentz made the plays when he needed to make the plays. That was the bottom line. And, that, and as you said earlier, we knew that at some point and sometime throughout the season and probably going forward, that it's going to be a time where Wentz is going to have to make a play. And he answered that call last night, made a play, nice pass to Patman, big play to kind of really seal the game for the Colts. So I think this was interesting. You know, the, the third quarter – Carson Wentz comes out. It's a little sloppy. He's not very accurate. He's missing some of those kind of quick throws in the, in the quick yes. game that the Colts are relying on so much, um, you know, with their offensive line being in the state that it was in. And I, I thought Frank Reich, I mean, the solution that he found, this is why it matters that Frank Reich and Carson Wentz were together for those two years in Philadelphia. Because something Frank told me before the season, Bill, was that, that experience, he knows when Carson gets in a rut, he knows what buttons to push to get him out of it. And the button that Frank Reich pushed 
was to get Carson Wentz outside the pocket using his legs and throwing yeah. on the run. Yep. Because what? How does that help a quarterback out when it, the you know his mechanics might be kind of escaping him? Well, you don't need. It's not the same mechanics to throw on the run. And I, I thought that was such a smart coaching decision by Frank Reich to to get Carson outside the pocket, get some of those throws to get him back in rhythm, and then you know the the throw to Ty you mentioned, Bill. That was a throw on the move going to his yes. right. And then the throw to Patman, that wasn't designed to be that way, but he made the throw going to his left. So exactly. that that to me right there was such a master stroke by Frank Reich. But this is why, again, you know, that relationship with Carson, it paid off in a huge way in week 16 of the season for Frank Reich to go find that solution and for Carson to go execute it. Yeah, that's why those relationships are so important between uh, head coach, quarterback, quarterback, offensive coordinator. Because if you have those things that you know about the player, the player knows about the coach, those are things that you can call on uh, when things aren't going well. And I'm not saying things weren't going well, but Carson was just a little bit off uh, in the third quarter. Third quarter, he you know threw a couple of balls high, a couple of balls outside, so uh, had some incompletions. So... You know, it, it happens. Frank played the position before, so you know what things that needs to be done uh, to get maybe a player back on track and, you know, just so that he can be able to make those plays. And he did that. They had him rolling out one time. I know he hit Pittman as he rolled out, and it was like a little hitch hitch play and threw the ball there and, and, and got a completion. And then on the one, the T.Y., he rolled out right. And, you know, it was like a hitch corner combination where Pittman ran a hitch and then T.Y. ran the corner route and then the corner was wide open uh, for T.Y. T.Y. makes a nice catch and, and Carson makes a nice throw uh, going to his right. So those are the things that get maybe a, a quarterback back in rhythm. Gets out of rhythm a little bit and do a little things to get him back in rhythm. It's, it's like getting started. Sometimes you want to get those first completions in the beginning of the game, maybe short completions to get someone in rhythm, get them started, and get them going. And that was what Frank saw that Carson needed. He needed to do something to get him back in rhythm and what it was was for him to roll out and get him on the move. Well, and the other thing, Bill, was, you know, the Colts were not particularly efficient running the football. Jonathan Taylor ripped off that 43-yard run to start the game. After that, he had 26 carries for uh, that would be about, what, 65 yards? So around there. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about, you know, JT's most efficient game here. Arizona's defense, I, I was really impressed with them. They came into this game – you know, bottom third of the NFL in yards per carry, but their defensive backfield, starting with Buda Baker, those guys fly around. They made it really difficult for the Colts, especially with the the offensive line in the state that it was in, because the the Colts couldn't really get it outside because they couldn't really challenge the perimeter because those safeties and those corners are fast and they flew to the ball and they're physical. So the, the Colts had to keep going up the middle and you know, Arizona's defensive line did a really good job against some backups in there uh, for the Colts' offensive line. But the fact that Jonathan Taylor still went over 100 yards in this game, I mean, that that says so much about him. That says so much about the Colts' coaching staff. The other thing here, Bill, you know, Frank Reich said the, the absences on the offensive line, that, that, to, that didn't totally change the game plan. What did was losing Jack Doyle Jack on the Doyle. second play of the game because we've talked about it a lot here uh, on this podcast, Bill, is that Jack's been one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the NFL this year, and losing him and just the feel he has for some of those wham plays for you know when to fire on certain things, 
he's got he's so he's so smart he's so physical and losing him played a a significant role in the Colts run offense because by the way on that 43 yard run Jack Doyle delivered a pretty good block <laughs> to yes. spring it and then on the next play he got hurt so um that that though just speaks to the the health of this Colts offense not obviously you know literally but that this team can still get a 100 yard game out of Jonathan Taylor with all those things stacked against him with a really good Cardinals defense playing in front of them uh, that was something that Frank Reich in his victory speech to the team after the game was really really proud of that the Colts were still able to get JT that 100 yard game and hey the Colts now Bill 9 and 0 when Jonathan Taylor rushes for over 100 yards this year well, that's a pretty good formula to win football games when you have uh, Jonathan Taylor getting over 100 yards and, and uh, making some big plays for the offense. But it, it goes to show you that even though Jonathan Taylor did not have one of his marquee games, so to speak, uh, he still played well enough and was effective enough to cause uh, Cardinals some problems there to, so they couldn't actually stop him or they had to concentrate on him so much that it took away from other things they wanted to do. So I, I think having JT there and, and still staying with JT, running the ball, it kept the Cardinals' defense honest. And then as you talked about not having Jack Doyle, that played a big part of it. And that, that's where Coach Wright had to kind of change some things, change his, his game plan a little bit. As you said, not having Jack Doyle in the wham block, but also not having Jack, Jack Doyle out there to chip on the, uh, the edge there as far as keeping those guys uh, from the Cardinals off of uh, Carson Wentz, like keeping Chandler Jones away and Marcus Golden, uh, two guys that rushed the passer extremely well for the Arizona Cardinals. So not having Jack Doyle there changed things mm -hmm. for the Colts, but they made enough adjustments that it was good enough to win this football games and get the Colts to move the ball down the field and score enough points to win the game. So let's flip over to the Colts' defense. And... This such a, such a gutsy effort by this defense, um, you know, to, to hold Kyler Murray 5.7 yards per attempt. That is a season low for Kyler Murray in terms of his passing yards per attempt. He was 27 of 43 for 245 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. That's a passer rating of 85.9. So, you know, again, the, the Colts, it looked early on like Arizona was going to be okay just being patient. All right, let's get six yards here with a pass to Zach Ertz. Let's get five with a you know getting the ball in the hands of Chase Edmonds. But Arizona got impatient, Bill. the 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 first one that kind of tipped me off was there was that third and three, where Kyler Murray took a shot on a wheel route to Christian Kirk, and then Cliff Kingsbury went and kicked a field goal that Matt Prater missed, and it was sort of like, what's what's going on here? And it happened a couple other times during the game where Arizona was able to get into these third and threes or, you know, makeable third downs that maybe they didn't convert. And they just, they saw so many drives just sputter out. I thought this was a, a an incredible game called by Matt Eberflus. Because what it, it seemed to me, Bill, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, is that Flus challenged Cliff Kingsbury to get impatient and say, we're going to sit back with a bunch of backups in here and you can take those six-yard gains, and you can keep getting first downs, but eventually we're not going to let you in the end zone, and eventually we think you're going to get impatient. And that's what happened. And and such a disciplined game by this defense to you know, limit Arizona to those 16 points. Obviously, Matt Prater missing some kicks had something to do with that. But 
you know, only getting in the end zone twice for Arizona. Um, just a, a really, really impressively coached and executed game by this whole defense. Yeah, and I, I think I, I agree with you there. I think the Cardinals got impatient. I remember that uh, one of those early drives by Cardinals, and it was like third and three, and and they went for the home run, I think, to Kirk there on the sideline, yep. and Kenny Moore made a nice play there, but it also Kirk uh, could have had opportunity he to catch that ball. But that he didn't, ball. <laughs> yeah, he should have caught that ball, and he didn't. But if you look at the Cardinals, they, they are fourth in the league on pass yards per play. I think there's about 7.6 yards per mm-hmm. pass yards per play. So they're in the top echelon of, of uh, NFL as far as uh, passing yards per play. And I think they were getting a little frustrated that, you know, they couldn't get those big chunk plays. They wanted those chunk plays. They wanted to get those big plays down, down the field. And on third and three, <laughs> I don't know if that's the time you want to do it, especially when you, you're kind of in the, the no man's land as far as do I go for a field goal or do I punt it? Maybe you should take a chance and to make sure you get the first down and then go for it on the first down and next play on play action pass or something like that. But they, they got impatient. And I think what happened is they, they started to panic and I, I think they panicked and they started to try to do some things because they're feeling the pressure now uh, of not winning these last few games, uh, doing the same thing that happened last year as far as getting off to a fast start and kind of faltering down the end. And I think they're feeling the pressure and they're feeling the pressure from outside. Uh, and that's coming inside to the team, and I think they're not handling it that well because there's something different about that team. I just don't know what it is, but it's, they're not playing well. But in saying that, the reason, one reason they didn't play well last night is because of the Indianapolis Colts defense. They didn't play well. Those yep. guys did a nice job. EJ Speed, I think, played extremely well for stepping in for Darius Leonard. Uh, the guys did a nice job. They stayed, they stayed calm. They didn't... They didn't uh, panic or do anything and they gave a couple a couple of big plays you know that the Kyler Murray long run early in the game but other than that and maybe about two or three other plays they played extremely well uh, they had a couple of big plays that you know they they had a touchdown drive with about what took about a minute two minutes to a minute and 46 seconds I think something like that mm-hmm. on that one drive but other than that coach defense played well and then and, and really had some tight coverage on the receivers um, yes, they did miss DeAndre Hopkins, but you know what? We missed a lot of players as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know, we didn't have Rock, Rocky Sin out there. We didn't have Kari uh, Willis out there. We didn't have Sandeo out there. So there's a lot of people we did not have out there as well. And, and those guys did a nice job, the ones that stepped in and, and uh, filled in for those guys. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, they only had one drive in this game, at least until the last one that went over 50, 55 yards. They just weren't able to sustain these drives. You know, they they had a bunch of these drives that would go, you know, seven plays, 28 yards, or five plays, 15 yards. And they they just, they had, you know, some three and outs in there. This was, again, the, the Colts defense for what they were up against. Because, you know, you mentioned Anders Sandejo. We, we didn't really talk much about the safeties yet. But you're talking about with Kari Willis going on the COVID list right before kickoff. You've got, and, and then Sandejo being out with a concussion, you've got George Odom and Jaleel Adai playing at safety. And Odom made a fantastic play to break up that pass from Kyler Murray uh, along the near sideline. That, I mean, that was one of the plays of the game for the Colts defense. If that ball is caught, it's a big chunk play, maybe even six. And then, you know, Jaleel Adai, I thought, did a really nice job fitting in the run game. And this is a guy who's barely played for the Colts on defense this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, those two guys, a ton of credit goes to Alan Williams in the back end for getting those guys coached up. And, you know, this was something something just feels off about Arizona. Yeah. 
um, you know, just that th this you feel like this team should be playing at a at a higher level. Um, but I mean, then the penalties that Arizona had just oh my goodness. I, I mean, false starts on third and short, false starts on fourth and one. Arizona committed eleven penalties for eighty five yards in this game. The Colts five for forty. I mean, you'd expect those numbers to be flipped in a home game for Arizona. Um, and then, you know, Matt Prater missing two field goals and a PAT. That left seven points on the board. And, I mean, that's kind of the difference in this game. Um, but, you know, the, the Colts also forced those field goals. Exactly. They, they forced the, the Cardinals to kick those field goals instead of letting them continue drives and go down and try to score touchdowns. So um, it was kind of this combination of the Colts' defense playing at a really high level and also Arizona having some self-inflicted mistakes that – you don't expect a team that's 10 and four and leading the NFC West in late December to be making, but Hey, the, the Colts will certainly take them with all the, and, the, all the adversity they had to deal with. You will take the, your opponent getting penalized 11 times for 85 yards. You, you definitely will deal. will take that. And plus also the penalties were at key opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember one where they sacked Carson Wentz, strip sacked them and they recovered the fumble, but they had a, a holding a legal penalty, contact, a, a, a yep. legal contact down the field. So, the Colts get a first down where the defense could have got off the field for Arizona and put Kyle Murray back on the field, but it didn't happen that way. So they, they had a lot of self-inflicted wounds uh, out there on, on, on Saturday night. And, hey, you know what, there, there's something missing there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if uh, it was uh, Kingsbury just not having command of the NFL yet. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens with Arizona. But... I'm glad things worked out for the Colts to, uh -huh. to get that win and, uh, you know, enjoy their Sunday and get ready for next week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I, I want to close it out on this. Frank Reich said that was one of the best team wins he's ever been a part of. What does that feel like, Bill, when, when you get in the locker room after a game and you're like, man, we overcame so much, we gritted our way through this, and we won against a good team. What does that feel like, and what does that do for a team, especially when you're late in the season and you're, you know, you're starting to think about the playoffs and some of the adversity you might face in in January? What does that do to a team when you win a game like this? Just like the the, the guys that stepped in and played, it gives them confidence. It gives the whole team confidence. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about your teammates. You feel good about how they went out there and produced. You, you feel good about all the work you put in from March up until that time, as far as the workouts, the, the seven on sevens, the team periods, the practices, the weight room, the classroom, you feel good about all those things that you guys are doing to get to that point, knowing that the play down the stretch here in November and December is key for them getting into the playoffs. Not so much just getting into the playoffs, but getting to the playoffs on a high note and playing well, you know, because in the month of November and December, the Colts are six and one. Mm -hmm. uh, these last two months so that's what you want to do in this time of the year you want to be playing well winning football games and they're not just winning football games but they're playing well and they're playing well with guys that are haven't got a lot of playing time so that gives you a lot of confidence and doing it on the road at that in, in Arizona so it gives you a lot of confidence going into these last two games knowing that hey if we take care of our business and do what we're supposed to do you know it as Frank said, why not us? Mm -hmm. Why not us? Because right now in the AFC, I think it's wide open. Yes, Kansas City's at the top, and they're playing extremely well. But after that, you know, it's, it's anybody's ball game, uh, I think, in the AFC. So the guys are playing well. 
and this is the way you want to play going into the playoffs. And the coaches need to take care of the business in these last two weeks and get ready for the playoffs. And then the coaches have proven to go that they can go on the road and play well and win. They did it in Buffalo. They did it last night in Arizona. So uh, this team is ready to go, I think. And as long as they can uh, keep on moving and just keep on playing, I think they have the ingredients, a good defense that turns the ball over, a good running game, and Carson Wentz playing well enough and good enough with a passing game that can win football games for you if you need them to win football games. So they have all the ingredients to play well in the playoffs. It's just a matter of once we get there, doing it. All right. Well, the Colts have a 98% chance of making the playoffs, Bill, according to 538 after beating the Cardinals. That's before any of Sunday's games are played. We were recording this on Sunday afternoon before kickoff of those games. Conveniently timed, we, we started recording Bill at 1230, <laughs> so I could go upstairs and watch a full day of football, um, yes. which is a, a rare opportunity we get here uh, you know, with the Colts. But Colts are in very good position as the AFC number five seed. They will host the Las Vegas Raiders next weekend in week 17 of the 18-week season. We'll be back with another episode of Colts Instant Reaction following that game against the Raiders next weekend. Before that, though, the Colts official podcast will be back on Tuesday with myself, Jeffrey Gorman, and Lara Overton. On Wednesday, Inside Football with Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor. That will be out Great breakdown, as always, from Coach Venturi. Thursday, Know Your Foe with Casey Vallier and our guy Bill Brooks. That'll be out on the Colts Audio Network, so please subscribe, rate, and review us while you're there. Drop us a five-star rating. We love hearing from our listeners. We love hearing that you guys are enjoying everything we're doing here as the Colts make a push for the postseason and maybe more than that. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the Colts Audio Network, and we'll talk to you next time.